nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, joining me tonight, uh, pulling double duty this week, is uh, Rafa, you know, Mr. Uh, high School Soccer uh, Guru at this point here. How are you doing? Pretty good. Long day. Long day of presentations and they have another one at night at nine o'clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but then I was out late. Got I got to see the doubleheader at Comalander. I, I have a lot to say. And we'll we'll get games. to that quickly here. Royce, uh, opening day is tomorrow is what you told me pregame. You're wearing your Cardinals shirt. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, feeling the pretty Rockies good. are paying you still? Feeling pretty, <laughs> feeling pretty good. Uh, the terrible part is the high temperature for opening day in Cincinnati where the, where the Cardinals are playing at. It's going to be 39 tomorrow for opening day. So <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, that is. I am. I'm glad I'm not there, but I'm also happy baseball's back. Yeah, it'll be good to have them back. And uh, they're doing a full season this year, right? Uh, any expanded uh, playoffs or anything like that this year, or no? Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, I know they. It was in the talks, so they may have done something like that. I do know. Part of the good news, the St. Louis Cardinals are over 85 percent um, vaccinated. The team and the travel party. Nice. So. Really happy about that. Really happy about that. It's always a good thing when uh, when everybody's getting vaccinated, for sure. And the Saint, big St. Louis news today, uh, maybe you can talk about this. Uh, uh, St. Louis City's new uh, sponsor and primary sponsor is going to be uh, Perina. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that, that sounds pretty exciting. I wonder if they'll do checkers uh, just because of the Perina brand. But uh I thought that was a pretty good branding, and I guess they're very local, uh, especially in the yeah. Midwest there. Yeah, the I mean, the headquarters is in St. Louis. If you ever drive through St. Louis, you'll see their big building right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start out with Rafa uh, and do just kind of quick overviews uh, with uh, high school uh, real quick here because, uh, unfortunately, the playoffs are fast and furious, you know, play around a day or two off, play another round day or two off, and uh, I think what – this weekend is the uh, regional quarterfinal, or regional semifinals, and then the quarterfinals. Um, pardon me, quarterfinals. Oh, regional quarterfinals, and then next week is the semifinals and the actual state playoffs. So we'll, we're planning on doing uh, next Wednesday with uh, Coach Canoe and, and uh, or Kanu, pardon me, uh, Coach Kanu and um, the guys from Lethal. Uh, lethal, uh, I'm drawing the blank on their last name, I apologize, uh, but a show kind of breaking down, uh, you know, the, the final, the what would be the regional finals at that point, and then, you know, the, the high school playoffs, you know, was it Final Four, I think is what it will be broken down into? Well, like the, the Elite Eight, 
the Elite Eight. For statewide. So the final four for the regions. There's so many rounds. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. As long as you win seven games, you win the trophy. <laughs> Texas is a big state. Texas is a big state. Well, it's two 64-team brackets, then down um, per – Per you know, per four A, five A, six A. So that just tells you how many number of teams that there is here. So, uh, but Rafa, we're going to start with the uh, with we're, we're going to flip it, the script on you here and mm -hmm. talk six A boys uh, to start off with here at the top of the bracket. Uh, you had Keller, uh, Keller Central. Uh, so that looks to be a, a you know pretty good uh, matchup there. Rockwall, uh, Heath uh, versus uh, Duncanville. Uh, for that here, um, Allen and Prosper uh, will be matching up. Uh, Klein Forest and, and Langham Creek, uh, Byron Nelson, East Lake, El Paso, East Lake. Uh, that I've, you know that should be a very interesting one. Uh, Lake Ridge versus uh, Shashe, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. Uh, Dallas Jesuit, Boyd, MacArthur, Bridgeland. Um, so out of the top half regions, uh, was that one in one in. Uh, one and two. Uh, any surprises two. on there? Uh, Killer Central. I mean, you knock off LD Bell, then you knock off Coronado. Uh, if I'm Killer High, I better watch out for them. I don't know what. Uh, I know they're in the same. I'm sure they're in the same district. I don't know what uh, type of record they have, but I'm sure uh, Keller's. Oh, Keller's a district champ. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be. You know, it's gonna be a great game, and I'm sure Keller Central's riding high. I mean, don't don't count Central out. I, I think they can pull off the upset, but I'm, I'll give the edge to Keller because they are they are they've been playing great the last few games. Alan Prosper, uh, you think that'll be set up as a classic? I know uh, Prosper yeah. uh, kicked off uh, Scott's uh, Coppel team and and uh, convincing win over Purse. Capel. Capel. <laughs> Not from Texas. <laughs> I think I think that's going to be a great game. Great game. Uh, I'll give the edge to Allen, but I don't know something with Prosper. You know, like I said, that when you get to the regional quarterfinals, there's no gimmies. It can go. You know, you're there for a reason. It can go either. You know, it can go either way. Um, but I'm surprised with East Lake. East Lake mm -hmm. from El Paso. Congrats to them. They, they're don't they took out, out South you know, Lake Carroll. Yeah, yeah. They they flat out took out South Lake Carroll. They took them to the woodshed. Um, Byron Nelson better beware because I, th I think East Lake's onto something, and they hopefully they'll be the first team from El Paso as a, you know I think it's, I think at six A to make it to the to the state uh, final four. So moving to our side here, uh, you know we'll, we'll do Region Three first. Uh, Tompkins mm -hmm. beat Cy Fair uh, in another upset for them. Seven Lakes one two zero. Humble um, Channel View uh, took out your uh, team that you had going through a uh, straight Jesuit. Uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm having some flashbacks here. I I have lived right down the road from Seven Lakes, right and Tompkins <laughs> is right there, and I uh, am a graduate of uh, Humble High School. Weird, uh, weird. It's in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Channelville, you know, squeaked out a four-three win in PKs. Uh, Seco Ranch, Jersey Village, both uh, advanced. Uh, uh, Alif Elsick and North Shore both uh, went through. So we'll start at the bottom of the bracket and then work up uh, to the top to the game that you saw here. So 
Harlan was able to get through a Harlingen South 3-1 and uh, was that Laredo United, I believe. Not that it. got Pardon me? Yeah, Laredo United. Uh, got past Edinburgh 3-0. So you had picked Harlan uh, to advance out, you know, through here. So you still got them, or you know, does uh... it's it's it'll be a, it'll be a close game. But uh, if you watch the tape, man, uh, I think one of their players, the Harlan player, was some golazos from like 40, 35 yards out. I mean, he's if Real Madrid's looking for a defender for free kicks, sign him up because he reminds me of Roberto Carlos on those shots. So. Props to him. Hopefully ESPN shows his, his highlights because he does deserve it. But I, I'm going to give the edge to Harlan on that game. I, I don't know where that game's going to be placed, played at. Um, it might be in Corpus Christi, unless they flip home at home. Um, but I'll give the Harlan the edge. But don't count United. United has a great program. They have great players. Uh, you know, they do have a, they played a, a just as tough a schedule as Harlan. So it's going to be a real good matchup. So New Braunfels fell two to one to uh, Round Rock Westwood. Lake Travis rolled over Smithson Valley six zero. Uh, for that here, forgot to highlight them in green. Uh, but uh, th- th- it seems like this is the Lake Travis Invitational uh, cruise uh, right now. Uh, for that here, uh, this bracket we need lots of help on. Uh, Alexander beat Los Fresnos, and the team that you had picked to go through as Wars Lincoln fell down. No. Rio to Del Rio. So thoughts on, on this uh, section? Well, I know that someone from Los Fresnos questioned me about, oh, well, how, how are we going to lose and this and that? Well, <laughs> well that's how. <laughs> that, you're, you're out. So, I, I mean, Alexander, they, they're a good team. I've seen them on tape play a few times. You know, they have some talent. And actually, one of my former club players is on that team. I think he's a senior, he's a senior this year. Uh, the, the surprise is Lincoln Juarez. No, I think in the Valley, they saw high, high hopes for them as far as being probably the one 618 that was probably going to go through to maybe to the regional semifinals. But, I mean, give credit to Del Rio. You know, it was, I think, 0-0 at the half. So, good credit to them on the big win. But, you know, Del Rio does have the uh, – they've beaten Alexander twice. But, like I mentioned, it's going to be tough to beat a team three times. Sure. And – and that game, um, I'm not sure where they're going to play that. Uh, I'm, I have a good guess it could be an eagle pass because it'll be like a halfway, so like a neutral site game. So I, I, I think that game could be there. But the winner of that game gets to play gets the pleasure to play the big game of the week on Friday night. So Lee uh, got the revenge against uh, Vandegrift and Clemens. Uh, had a solid win 2-0 over Bowie, uh, Austin Bowie here. So sets up the game. I've already seen this one's going to be at what Comlander for here, not at Toyota Field like we were hoping. Uh, but it's going to be at Comlander, uh, and like I said here, so the scene is set. Number one, number two, and in, in the Rafa rankings, and and really probably the two class teams, uh, you know, in the San Antonio, uh, and I guess you could probably say Austin area at this point. Mm-hmm. They, I'm gonna tell you something about Lee. Last night, I know they lost to Vandergrift the first time around four zero. They mess up. They may have been, I think, have lot. You know, not have some players for that game, but they just flat out took Vandergrift out to the backyard and pummeled them. Uh, Vandergrift couldn't really do anything. Any little pass, they, Lee intercepted it. They 
probably had close to at least 70% of the ball possession. And they were all on the Vandergrift side. And you can tell Vandergrift Dominant. just was was run out of gas. They just could not hold him. And then, you know, it was an even game as far as kind of in the beginning. But then they just flexed their muscle. And then finally they broke through. The one thing I did, what little concern, that goal did they give up? Um, that was off a mistake, a defensive mistake. And that's from, you know, when Vandergrift did kind of press. I don't know why Vandergrift wanted to park the bus with Lee. You cannot do that with them. You know, you got to play your game. And I think they went in too cautious for this. I think they were hoping to see if they get him on a counterattack and then defend. Uh, you cannot do that with Lee. And But when you pressure him, you have opportunities. And that's when they started – that's when they did get that goal. But when it was 2-1, to one, Lee stepped up. And they had some two marvelous goals to, to pretty much seal the deal. And so props to them. And, and like I said, this is going to be probably the big one of the biggest games – I think probably in San Antonio high school soccer history, you know, these two top state rank and nation and nationally ranked teams, you know, to play. Shame they're not playing at Toyota because, I mean, that would uh, have been the ideal place. But, hey, 6 p.m. at Colmlander, well, it'll be even better. So you have nothing to do on Friday, go check out the game. And the winner of that game, hey, they gets to play the winner of one of the – from the other game between Alexander and Rio. I, I have a feeling that games, the stands are going to be packed a little bit. Uh, yeah. For that here. So moving over to the ladies, the 6 uh, 6A ladies here. Uh, Byron Nelson won Keller. Uh, advanced past uh, San Angelo Central 1 0. Uh, Belton won 6 5 over D uh, Duncanville and PK's. Uh, or pardon, yeah. Saskatchewan. Or Saskatchewan. Um, Lake Ridge won 10 0. Uh, Klein Kane won in PKs over uh, College Park. Uh, Hebron beat uh, Martin uh, for that here, Tomball Memorial. Uh, Mansfield uh, got the victory over Rockwall. Uh, Southlake uh, Carroll uh, beat you know your team, Odessia Premium 5 0 uh, for that here. Uh, I know uh, Coach uh, Connor was talking about this matchup here Flower Mound versus uh, Prosper. Mm -hmm. Uh, being one to watch, and then Tom Ball and the Woodlands uh, on the other side here. Coming down to our area, um, I hate to say it, Reagan, uh, from all reports, uh, got beat up, and, and you know, you know, term we've already used, uh, took out to the woodshed, losing six to one. And Johnson also uh, got, uh, you know, beat two to one for it. In fact, the only team that's still in is Brennan, uh, as far as for you know the San Antonio schools, uh, 4-0 over Harlingen and Edinburgh Vela uh, knocked out Taft 4-3 here uh, for that here. So, thoughts on the uh, on the ladies? It looks like uh, you know for our side, you know for San Antonio, yeah. uh, Austin. You know we may have got the advantage of them on the on the boys side, but on the girls side, uh, it was. It was Austin, and, and from the sounds of it, it wasn't even close. Yeah, well, the game started off good for Reagan. They had a PK, which they could have taken the lead, but just seeing the the the, the four take the the PK, it seems she was not very comfortable or not very confident, and she just really shanked that like not shanked it out of the park. I mean, just wasn't much of an effort shot. And and that changed the whole perspective of the game. And then fr from there, Vatagriff just took over. 
they, they out-muscled them. They out-hustled them the whole game. And you can tell there was a big discrepancy. My, my, my concern was, like I said, you know, and I, we might we talked about this a little bit, you know, the club soccer does make a difference as far as, you know, some of these teams. It looks like there's a big gap between the Austin girls soccer and the San Antonio girls soccer, as well as the high schools. That's a little concerning there. And, you know, how do we close that gap? You know, that's, you know, hopefully the coaches kind of learn from all this, you know, do get, you know, get more prepared for these games. Because uh, hopefully next year, I think a lot of, hopefully these teams learn from this. And then that way we can have someone from San Antonio represent us, you know, in, in a, re, like a, in a state tournament. Uh, but kudos to, like I said, Johnson, they had a tough game with, you know, with, with Westwood, you know, just falling down to one zero down the bottom bracket. Uh, Brennan actually got uh, some little text messages from, from one of the coaches, uh, from one of the parents that I know uh, it was tied at zero zero. I think the biggest factor was the wind there at Calon stadium. Uh, but Brennan turned it up in the second half, got four goals and now they're advancing. They're the only San Antonio team left. Uh, Taft actually had a lead versus Vela and they gave up that lead. They're up three to, I think it was three to two and, or three one and Vela just cut, roared back and took over. So I think if they, play, I think that game was played in, I think in Corpus as well. I'm not too sure. Um, I think the wind was a factor down in the valley for some of those games. So going to that game, I think Brennan. I think I'm gonna get Brennan uh, the edge over Vela. It'll be close, but I think Brennan will pull through. And then Vandergrift Westwood. I, I, I'm gonna give the edge to 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 you know. Vandergriff. I, I know Westwood's a good team as well, but I'm going to give it to Vandergriff. Just the way, just real neuroperfect team as far as <laughs> touching the ball and so forth and, and shooting. I mean, they had one girl that scored a brace, little tiny little thing, but she was just running circles around the Reagan defense and just pinpointing good shots in. So moving to the 5A girls here, uh, really no huge surprises it seems like here. Uh, Coronado, uh, Amarillo, Wakeland, Reedy, uh, Forney uh, beat Jacksonville uh, for that here. Centennial, uh, Cooley, Longville uh, beat Joshua 8-7 to seven on PK, so the exact opposite of Donna North and uh, O'Connor, you know, where these guys were plugging them in left and right. Uh, Wiley, I got past uh, El Paso, Monterey, uh, Flower Mound, um, Wiley East, uh, pretty convincing win. Uh, Grapevine, uh, the one upset, I guess, is a uh, Wake, uh, not Wake Forest, uh, um, Wichita Falls Rider uh, getting past uh, Mansfield Timberview. Uh, Highland Park, Kent, you know, Midlothian, uh, both of those are two good teams. Um, then we come down to kind of our area here. You had Cedar Park uh, take out Southwest 7 to nothing. You had Bernie Champion take out Floresville 11 to nothing. Uh, you had Veterans Memorial take out uh, uh, McAllen. McAllen Memorial 2-1, uh, to one, and then McAllen took out Victoria West 7-1. Uh, uh, and then on the other side, uh, you know, Manville, Foster, Magnolia, and I guess the big upset was Austin Anderson coming out mm -hmm. over uh, Kingwood Park. Uh, you, know, you know, looking at the Twitter reaction, I guess that was probably the biggest upset in 5A. Um, in recent uh, recent uh, history. So thoughts, uh, I guess, mainly up here at the top of the bracket, Cedar Park, uh, obviously, you know, Claire, 
uh, Bernie Champion 11-0. So lots of games, lots of goals scored. Uh, at the 5A, is this is this an opportunity for you know San Antonio area to get back uh, over Austin, or you think uh, Cedar Park's on a roll? I, I think this game with Bernie Champion, it, it's going to be close. Um, but you got to give props. I think as far as opponents, you know, yeah, Cedar Park played a tougher opponent than Forestville than, than Bernie Champion did. Um, it's going to come down to who, like I said, who can take the tempo, control the game, and then just keep a lead. That's that's the big thing. I still, still think I think Bernie can pull this off, but you know. So Cedar Park's on a roll. So, you know, they're flexing their muscle. I mean, to knock off Alamo Heights at Alamo Heights and then what they did at Southwest. Southwest. I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen. That was going to happen. But like I said, I think Bernie, the Bernie girls, I think they're up for the challenge and I think they can pull, I think they can pull out a win. And then kind of, you know, uh, moving down to our area for 5A, uh, on the boys, Southwest uh, got past Eastview uh, on PKs four to three. Uh, Cedar Park, uh, you know, took out Lanier four four nothing. Uh, Brownsville uh, Veterans Memorial got past Flower Buff. Uh, Valley View got past uh, Rio Grande Zaddy four to two. So Southwest is still alive uh, uh, for that here. Um, Tripping Springs five uh, one over Jefferson. Leander over Edison. And then at the bottom, uh, Porter and Sherryland had pretty convincing wins with Sherryland with a 5-0 win over Corpus Christi Ray uh, for that here. So thoughts on the uh, bottom half of uh, you know Region 4 uh, of the 5A boys bracket? Well, for Jeffrey Springs, I don't think anybody's going to touch them until that regional semifinal. I don't, I don't think Leander – I'm not saying they don't have a chance. It's, I, I, just they're just so they don't have a chance. <laughs> yeah, they they just I mean they make it competitive, but Dripping Springs will take care of business. Now the interesting game down there is Sherryland and Porter. That's that's going to be a, that's probably one of the Valley Classics there. Um, I'm going to give the edge to Porter. Uh, they took out they took out Victoria East, who was a district champ, and that same district with Ray. Um, so I think they'll they'll. I think that game's playing, I think, in Mercedes, believe it or not. So I'm going to give the edge to Porter on that game. So a Porter versus Dripping Springs matchup, is that's going to be a very good game. And then Tri- Dripping Springs will be challenged by Brownsville Porter. The other half of the bracket, you have Brownsville Veterans Memorial and Valley View. That's another big cl- Valley Classic game there. Uh, but I'm going to give the edge to Valley View. I think they'll, they'll be close. I can see this game go to overtime. Maybe PKs, but I think Valley will pull this off. Um, Southwest got got by the trap game. I, I think that was a trap game for them with these few. It you know took these few took them to PKs, but don't now they have another test and they have Cedar Park lined up and Cedar Park has taken out already two teams, two quality teams. Uh, but this game is going to be at Southwest, so. We'll have the fan in the home field advantage, the fans, but Southwest has to jump on Cedar Park early on to to win this game. If Cedar Park gets a lead, it might be difficult for them to try to come back and, and win that game. So transitioning to San Antonio here, uh, they 
uh, brought in a new player on loan uh, by the name of Josser uh, Kamiri, uh, 6'4". Uh, for that, here comes on, on loan from uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. So he's 23, uh, you know, and, and I'm going to throw this to Royce here. can go into a little bit with him. But him being from uh, Tunisia, uh, playing, getting some uh, national team caps for that here. Thoughts on them finally adding that third center back? <laughs> and finally. Good Lord. Come on. Finally. Uh, and he is I, tall. I told, you, so, uh, I told you from the beginning, be patient. This is what's going to happen is that they're going to wait to find players on loan. They're going to find a, they're going to try to find players that are out of contract that are at the MLS level and they're going to get them. And that's exactly what this is. Um, from what I've heard, uh, mainly from Manny Vate with uh, a is that um, uh, Kamiri was looking for a loan or to be sold back to Tunisia. Uh, I guess he wanted to go. I, who knows what the plan was, um, but that's what was what I heard through the rumor mill. Um, but apparently the SAFC loan deal um, became available and he jumped at it, which, I mean, we're excited to have him. He's a 6'4 center back with a lot of MLS experience, uh, an international player in Tunisia, and one of the big, more physical, rough-and-tumble tournaments every few years is the African Cup of Nations. It is insane. I don't know if you've ever watched it. I highly suggest going and following, um, is it Sandals for Goalposts is uh, their Twitter handle, but it's a solid follow and they go through and they analyze all of the uh, African Cup of Nations games. It's insane and it is, it's just nuts. It, it, soccer is on, I mean, soccer is a whole other level in Latin America. It's a whole other level in Africa as well. So it's, but him playing in those games, He's got some experience with that, and that's exciting. That is some that, – that just means he has a really good – he's really strong mentally, and we – I mean, we always need that. That is that is a Alan Marcina trait, his uh, mental strength. So, and, and according to Jonathan Siegel you know, of uh, MLSsoccer.com, um, one of the big concerns that we have is players being called back. Um, it does seem like Vancouver, as far as for center backs, is well-stocked because they mentioned that they've got – uh, Derek Cornelius, Eric Gotti, uh, Ranko Blasinkovic, and uh, Gio Franco Facchini is a homegrown who's looking to prove, as well as Anthony Rose. So there's five center backs that they've listed that they still have on the roster. So most likely, and I think this goes into where you mentioned that he was looking to kind of find a way out because you know it didn't seem like he was going to be getting much um, much minutes up in Vancouver. So for those that you know thinking Colin Montgomery last year for the playoffs, barring major injuries uh, in Vancouver. That's the big thing you don't know about. I mean, that, I mean, we got, <laughs> I mean, we got St. Clair on loan and it was, yeah, dude, he's like the fourth. Yeah, well, oh, there's fourth three guys time. that are hurt. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's put in, yeah, we got to call him back. It's just one of those things you never know. Um, I'm pretty confident Vancouver still goes with four in the back. So they only need two at a time. So, and and two of those guys, like you said, are academy players trying to prove themselves. So once again, you never know. But at the same rate, this looks like the perp. This looks like the ideal situation for SAFC. You get a top talent. You get a uh, a physical center back 
um, and somebody who's super mentally tough, who has a lot of experience, who's going to stay with the team the entire season. Perfect. So the other thing, oh, go ahead, Rafa, sorry. I said, make sure we light some candles so that way they don't get hurt. Yeah, up the right, right. Yeah, let me go. <laughs> let me go light my Selena and my Jesus candle. <laughs> so, in other SAFC news, uh, they played uh, FC Dallas that was streamed, although they took down the stream. Uh, it was a tie, zero zero. Um, however, they lost uh, NPKs four to three. My initial thoughts. Pardon me. I oh, know it was four to three. You're right. I thought it was five to four, but two were safe. You're right. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, my initial thoughts, number one, um, the Academy kids uh, in the played in the second half with the youngest being possibly 14. Um, you know, for that here, there was eight uh, that came on, and, and it didn't seem like they were overmatched uh, from the FC Dallas team. And, and to be fair, they had kind of subbed out. Uh, but for me, you could tell it was preseason because the, fi the finishing touch was, you know, in my opinion, still a little bit lacking uh, your thoughts on the, on the game there, Rafa, before we you know go into you know uh, week two of the starting lineup, uh, trying to you know pick you know pick and piece out of that with uh, the uh, Royce's whiteboard when he comes back. That it was a good showing for that game. You know, they stayed toe to toe with FC Dallas pretty much. I think close to like maybe 70, 75 minutes before we made the substitutes before the most of those academy players came in. So that's a good showing. Uh, I'm sure Marcin is still experimenting with, with the, what, what the possible starting 11 is going to be for me first. So a good confidence, but uh, I think we do need some of the academy players do need to work on the PKs. <laughs> uh, so need to work a little work on that, you know, not be nervous. Uh, but hey, yeah, those are those are some growing pains. You know, you'll learn from that. But but even the, like I said, even the academy players, they, they did a good job. They held their own. You didn't. Mm -hmm. You didn't really see a drop down in talent, uh, you know, f from that here. Even a, when I was talking about fit, the finishing was lacking, and that was more that that. And, and I think neither team obviously scored, and, and it, there were a few opportunities, but you know, just the linking, you know, the linking from you know from the midfield to the forwards, uh, still working on, and that's why that's why you have these games. It's preseason. Um, that's probably why they don't like showing these here is, you know, you know, for us saying, oh, hey, you know, you know, amateur, you know, podcasts are here saying, hey, the, you know, it looked like the finishing was lacking, lacking, but obviously it is. It's week that's two. Pre -season. Pre -season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, hey, I can't, you know, if we're going to go on the air, you got to have, you know, you got to have some positives. Like I said, to me, the positive was the Academy kids with the youngest uh, possibly yeah. being. 14 ish, uh, you know, depending on when his birthday is uh, for that here. And then uh, with Royce back here, uh, the starting lineup uh, looked very similar to last week with some changes, but the, I think the back four uh, Cardoni, Bryant, Schulberg, Doyle, PC, Torres, Lindley, Lima, Epps, Dylan, and Patino. So, Royce, your initial thoughts on the game and then the lineup. So, uh, the game was a very preseason game. Um, Dallas ran out a 3-4-3. Three, three. We countered with a flat 4-4-2, four, four, but it was a very pressing 4-4-2, four, four, which you don't normally see that much. Normally 4-4-2 four, four, is, you know, bunker and counter, kind of like a – remember in 2017, Powell implemented a flat 4-4-2 four, four, or a 4-4-2 four, 
four three two one. It was very much that. Um, this was very much a pressing uh, formation, which is interesting. Um, and I think it was a preseason formation. Four four two, super simple. You have super simple instructions. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of moving parts. There's not a lot of triangles to go. It's more just go forward. The two midfielders are there. And you had Lima and Lindley. Those are your two uh, defensive midfielders. Um, I guess we can do this instead of we'll bring out the board. So you had Lima and Lindley here in the middle, and they were just kind of defensive. You had a lot of uh, interplay between the the wings here. Ethan Bryant got uh, got up a lot across. Um, uh, and he, I mean, Ethan Bryant's service was fantastic. Uh, just the issue was you had the two. I mean, you had the other the other twin towers up top. The only issue was that FC Dallas had three center backs, so you got three versus two. You kind of got outnumbered on that one. Um, and then PC and uh, and Epps. Uh, PC didn't get us forward as much, uh, but Epps got forward a lot and helped out the the front two. Uh, so you had PC kind of out by himself defending out here. But I mean, that's kind of what PC does, and that's how PC got the um, the normal PC yellow card. Um, it was earned. Uh, Oh no! It was. I mean, it was a professional foul. It was. It was definitely. But at the same rate, I mean, PC got left alone. But that's what right. he's there for. Um, I guess I'll bring it up. Um, in 2019, Powell's last year, when he went to the back three and nobody was covering that back left, where PC uh, took you know stopped that guy from countering, there would have been nobody there, and it would just been an open invitation. So now you have that. Um, but like we're saying. This is a preseason formation. I don't think this is what it's going to be, but um, obviously we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Um, but a 0-0 result against an MLS team is, I mean, that's a good result. Uh, they had, they ran their new players out. FC Dallas has some pretty expensive signings. They, I mean, they got forward, but they really didn't do anything. And the, uh, they, yeah, that's my dog, sorry. Um, didn't really get anything done in the final third, um, which is all your, you know, that, that's what matters is the midfield uh, battle. How about us, uh, SAFC really held their own? Now they're going to be playing FC Dallas, what, I think Friday, right? If memory serves me correct, this Friday mm -hmm. here. I think so, and, yeah. And up in Frisco here, I, I doubt it's going to be, a, a, you know, uh, streamed, uh, you know, at least no words on if it will be. Um, you think it'd probably be a very similar match, uh, Rafa, than what was down here, or you think you, you think there'll be a, a few changes? Well, there'll be more experimenting. Uh, that's what preseason is about: is, is experimenting what's what's out there as far as who fits what. You know, can they? You know, you know, maybe try out maybe Ethan Bryan in the midfield, or hey, let's put PC in the defensive mid. Um, or whoever we have was on the bench, let's see, let's see what they do up top. So that's 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 what I see this, you know, that's what these games for because Marcina needs to evaluate who is going to be my starting eleven May on uh, May first, who's going to be my rotation players as well, you know, you know, coming into, you know, this upcoming season. So I'm not too worried about the, you know, yeah, winning's good for this because you do want to win the Copita and all that, but. It's more like, hey, you know, what what are what are we going to do to get ready for for May first to to take care of Colorado? You know, that's 
that's that's what we're fo- I think he's focused on. And then also, you know, we're waiting to see, you know, if if Gallegos comes back, you know, we got to see how he works with the with this new lineup and also our, if our new our new, if he does come back, you know, and our also our new um our defense and our defender out there, you know, see their center back. So it's he's going to do a lot. I guess a lot of good things, but. What I saw Saturday was promising. I, I think I think this is, might be this might be a little more talented Butch than we had last year, you know. I, I, and I think he's I think he learned, he saw that from what happened last year. You know, we did have some injuries and they did cost us, especially in the midfield, it cost us, you know, to, to really get some momentum into the playoffs. So I think he recognizes that. So we're like I said, I, I see just good things coming from him as far as getting this team ready to go on May 1st. So my two final thoughts on here, and, and I'll toss it to Royce and then Rafa, if you want to clean up, you can. Uh, Dan Weiss, the broadcaster, mentioned uh, that Maloney's hurt, so that's why he hasn't been seen. Um, and then number 88, uh, they did confirm, is Chris Tierpak, uh, as we discussed here, uh, <laughs> trying out trying out for the team. <laughs> you can see he kind of paused before, and I'm assuming Preston and, and Luis said, yeah, it's okay, you know, <laughs> to, to say who he is. Because uh, you can just see the pause. Uh, 88. Uh, yeah. Looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> it looks familiar. But uh, so my question to you, Royce, um, hopefully it's not a serious injury to Maloney, but tear pack with the lineups that we have. Because last year, San Antonio FC did not really use the wingers. Does tier, you know, obviously mo- most likely depth, but could you see a spot for him, you know, staying on with with San Antonio? Right. So where, my guess. So let's erase this because, uh, like we said, pretty <laughs> sure that's going to be more preseason. Um, but I think the back line is going to remain the same. I really do think that. I think we are going to go with the back four, and Marcina is going to implement what I said earlier with um, uh, bringing that that extra center back that was there. Yep, that's a terrible thing. I need to just put it in front of my chest. I think we are going to have an extra midfielder here instead of just the two. I think we are going to have the three. Uh, so I think you're going to see um, – we'll see if we get a left back. I think it's going to be PC, um, PC there. I think you're going to have Lindley um, on one of these. You're going to have Epps on one of these. So you're gonna have the three, and they're gonna have three up top. Um, so a three, so it's gonna be either a four-two-three-one diamond, or I'm sorry, a four-four-four-two diamond, or a four-three-three is how this is gonna set up basically. Um, and the three is where um, tier pack would would show up. So as the ten right now, you're gonna have uh, Emil, um, and then you're. Uh, right now you have uh, Patino's over here, and then you're going to have Justin Dillon over here. Uh, most likely what I think is if we need to snatch a goal, uh, I think most likely um, Justin's going to come off, and this is going to be the Chris Tierpak go go try stuff uh, position. <laughs> and the same thing, I mean, Tierpak one-on-one is always really good at dribbling. That's, all, that's what we need, we need him to do, just go one-on-one, make stuff happen. Um, interplay with uh, Epps, and I think the same thing um, is going to happen um, if Gallegos comes back. I think that's going to be his position is going to be that left-sided forward um, because he's going to be super isolated um, 
and that's what you want with Gallegos. I mean, whenever he got crowded out and he got pressed, that's kind of when you saw everything just kind of fall apart. And the same thing happened with Pirano. You had him each side. Uh, all everybody did was defend the wings. You had kind of a, a weak defense in the middle. And then, I mean, and then, and then people just bypassed the midfield, and that kind of got us in trouble. So if you just get one of those guys solo, you get a strong midfield. That takes care of a lot of the problems, and Gallegos one-on-one is sauce. The sauce. Any thoughts on tier pack, uh, Rafa? A uh, good pickup. I mean, it's his experience. Yeah, I'm sure he's familiar with Marcina's with the Marcina system. Uh, just a good well, insurance policy. Yeah, yeah, assuming I, we I, sign him exactly, which hopefully. Him, but I, I think I think more likely we will. I mean, he's. He's, he's going to help out a lot. It's also kind of mentor some of the younger players to you. You know, it's we'll, we'll see how he does the second go around with this AFC, but I, I think he'll do some good things coming off. He's a change of pace. I can, you can say that when he comes in, you know, coming in off the bench. So I do see some good things coming up. But, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, do we, are we going to stick to the flat back four or – are we going to go back to that Bermuda Triangle defense? You know, that's, are we, are we going to do the back three? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's also my concern to see what what direction the Marcina goes. Or he's just making sure to be flexible, just to, especially I guess learning from that New Mexico game. You know, if he has to adapt to a different style, so and they can and they can take care of business. Yeah. So moving on to the next topic here, and uh, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I have to give it to Seriously Loco here. Uh, they said, rough week for SAFC, uh, relegated in Copa Teos and eliminated from the USOC Open Cup, all without playing a match uh, for that here. So uh, for those that haven't heard, uh, this was a, a statement uh, from Tim Holt, SAFC Managing Director. Uh, from the uh, SAFC communication team, San Antonio FC was informed that it would no longer be a participant in the 2021 U.S. Open Cup due to U.S. soccer's decision to further condense the number of rounds and teams competing. So, of course, they did the political. We respect U.S. soccer's decision with health and safety as the continued priority, and we're always thrilled to play in the historic Open Cup and look forward to once again taking part in the future. So... uh, uh, I'll start with you, Royce. I gave my uh, two cents last couple of nights here, you know, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit on here, and then I was on Protagonist Talkers Weekly, and, and uh, gave a little bit more. So, you know, my thoughts are out there, and I'll, I'll chime in. I'm sure a little bit here, just because I can't keep my mouth shut on this topic. But, uh, and then we'll go to Rafa. So, your thoughts on the Open Cup saying. May 4th, we can't play, but we're still going to review it for May 18th uh, and then cutting, you know, half of the lower division teams. So we all know that the uh, S and MLS is just a dollar sign, right? I don't uh, think MLS had an issue with because the, they don't – MLS isn't – this wouldn't have affected MLS at this point because it would have still been the same teams. Now, you could argue you're eliminating four. Did you see how MLS – you see how MLS is qualifying their teams, though. It's, oh, yeah. That's, it's whoever has a hot start, whoever has their crap together, that's who's going. It's the not three, the yeah, it's not we're top gonna, eight it, or with the three best records after three games. It's it's just the, hey, whoever's hot, so we want to have our best chance of winning because we can't have a lower league team uh, go to the Champions League. That's pretty much all that was. That's, that's a joke. It, I it's a joke. I don't we see don't, how they have, play it. 
and it's the first round it's a round it's the first round that mls has nothing to do with like what why not play the dang games i mean a lot of these teams are getting vaccinated if that really is the worry with covid which it's not i'll, I'll say it's not it can't be it's Number- it's All the same. leagues are playing. I went through it last night. NISA plays mid-April. We kick off. There's some teams that's kicking off end of high April, school. 1st of May. We just got done with the whole half of, this, of the show where high school soccer is going. High it school can't, soccer. Can't All be the leagues over in Europe have been able to, to run their teams. We just College. did a, 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 a CONCACAF um, under-23 tournament you know, in Mexico. It just... Uh, Rafa, your thoughts? Uh, it's just a, it just shows how bad uh, United States Soccer Federation is. Uh, USS. Can, can, yeah, USFS. Well, US dollar sign, U dollar sign, dollar sign, F. Yeah, they did a, a, that's a big F right there. Um, they're just, they're a joke. They should have just played this, allowed, you know, I don't know what they're scared of. Like I said, we had a U twenty three tournament down in Mexico. We have European. The Dallas uh, Cubs playing up in Dallas, Dallas right now. Dallas Cubs playing, yeah. All, we all, have, all we have, yeah, we have that going on. You know, it's it's just a load of crap. You know, that's why we can't take USF serious because one, well, they can't get into the Olympics. They can't even win, get into the World Cup, and now this is like, you no, know, I think it's a setback. You know. I, it's a shame that USAFC can't be it because I think we would have shined pretty good. You know, now we're going to win it, you know. You exactly. know, I mean, you know but the but thing at is, least, it's the competition. It's competing in it. Mm-hmm. And, and even if we would have been one of those top four teams, I still would have been pretty ticked off about it. And it's it's not the USL level. The USL level is not what this competition is about. It is about those amateurs that go out yep. there and they yep. out large bids. That's the thing that makes me – that's the thing that ticks me off the worst it's about them. I mean, you, the biggest news in the nation a few years ago in May, mainly because baseball is getting boring and there's not a lot of stuff happening in May, was that uh, one club in the uh, was it the Maryland? That yeah, I mean they went and they yeah, played Maryland the Bobcats. Yeah, there's there's one team each year that makes a run. Exactly, and it and it's always exciting and it's it's the same magic that the NCAA tournament brings and that Cinderella team that goes. And just for, I mean, the Oral Roberts basically of of this season with uh, uh, men's college basketball. It's always that one team that that goes, um, and uh, we're not we're not going to get that. It's just going to be. I mean, even that large teams are just going to be randomly drawn. Like what? What is that? that it's it's just disappointing. But it it's really, funny because they're also they're also playing the the Concacaf Champions League. And they have MLS teams on there too. I'm like, what's what's the difference? It's just have our teams on there. Honestly, I wish the USL and I mentioned Zahari in the past. I think USL needs to have their own cup. Yep. That way, they have the domestic cup champion versus the league champion play like a champion, like a, a campeón de campeones type of deal. That'll make it fun for for us because I think you know USL on their own, it's just a more fun league. Yeah. Then the whole BS with it with MLS, you know, they just a bunch of prima donnas that, mm-hmm. you know, the dollar sign rules them. You know, here's more about the players, about the fans, and about uh, showcasing great soccer. 
And I want to look for our club. Our club, we have players now playing in Europe. Or yep. we had a couple who already gone to Europe. So I, I think, that, like I said, it's a mistake by them. But like I said, USL, you know, if they're watching or anything, you know, honestly, I think they should get your own cup and do your own thing. We don't, we don't need the Open Cup. We could, we, we're, we can be just fine doing our own thing. Yeah. So let's end on something positive. Um, let's talk about the schedule. Uh, finally, it was released. Uh, Pardon me? Is that Behind the Stripes is back? <laughs> behind the Stripes is back? <laughs> they had an episode. Hey, I didn't knock it. I listened to it. Right. it uh, May 1st, uh, they start out with uh, the Switchbacks, then Real Monarchs, away at RGV, then home against Birmingham Legion, uh, Mikey Lopez, and, uh, and Harry Zachary Haravel as of Harry Harry. Day, uh, Harry Harry just got signed by the oh by making a return and then home against RGV. So to me, the May schedule, very home loaded or, you know, very, very much loaded at home, obviously four out of five. Uh, In my opinion, Birmingham Legion is probably going to be the toughest match, uh, but it's here. Uh, RGV is still kind of putting together their teams. Uh, We thought our preseason was bad. I think they've only got three preseason games scheduled. Uh, you know, for it here, so I think they're going to be a little bit behind the. Uh, but they they did. I will say congratulations to RGVFC. They did sign their first academy the player. First academy player, yes, that's awesome. That's really good to see. So thoughts on the first month there, uh, Rafa? Uh, I guess a road trip to the valley on on the fifteenth, right? I'm down. So that's I'm I'm down. Like I said, we ruined their party when they first opened up HEB Park. I'm sure we can do it again. Um, last year. But I'm looking forward. I, I think the fun part, I guess, overall, is playing some of those teams that we normally don't don't get to play, like the Birmingham game, um, the Red Bulls. Uh, yeah. So the out of out of Pittsburgh will be in town, but that that's in the future. Right yeah. now, we're focusing on May. But focus now. But like I said, it's that. But that'll be like I said. That's I'm, in, I'm That's I think that caught my interest was seeing some of those non-division games. But to have one right away, you know. In the homes, I guess like the we have the first four games out of the five in May, you know, and to have that that should be a fun game. And then, you know, we, uh, I see June. That's I guess that's vacation June's time the right there. June's going to be the away month. So at Colorado Springs at their new stadium, uh, at Las Vegas, at New Mexico United on a freaking Wednesday, uh, home against RGV, and then at Real Monarchs here. So. Um, I don't understand why New Mexico and, and El Paso games are all, all on Wednesdays. Six of six out of the, uh, I think six out of the eight of them are on uh, Wednesdays. But uh, uh, you know, for that here, so at Colorado Springs is a new stadium. The lights is really going to be uh, LAFC two. Uh, New Mexico United will be tough. You know, uh, for that here. Um, uh, RGV here, and then at Real Monarchs, which has the the beautiful background uh, for them here. But you know, from my understanding, they're still going with a younger version, and at this point, they don't have a owner. Uh, so they're they're I believe they're league owned at this point. I guess you could say uh, for that here or MLS owned at this point, uh, not USL league owned uh, for that here. So thoughts on June, uh, Royce. Uh, that's kind of a murderer's row there, isn't it? Um, I mean, just staying on the, staying in the, it's not the Midwest, even though 
geographically speaking, that's Midwest, but staying staying around the Rockies for nearly the entire month and going back home real quick and then going right back out to the Rockies. That's that's tough. It's nice that's and cool. Lot, that that's a lot of elevation. Um, yes. Real, Real Monarchs, Switchbacks, Vegas is very dry. That it's it's going to be tough. Um, just just with the weather. I mean, New Mexico's the desert that's dry. It's just going to be tough, and then coming back with the humidity, and then going back out to the dry. That's going to be that's going to be a really rough stretch, June for sure. So coming back in July, um, uh, we get our first Austin Bold on the third uh, of July. So I'm assuming that'll be a firework night uh, at Colorado Springs uh, for the second trip up to them already. Uh, New Mexico. If you look at the time, eight thirty. Uh, just you know. Uh, I would be willing to bet that's going to be an ESPN, uh, you know, ESPN game, uh, just based on it's a different time frame. Uh, we get El Paso uh, the following Wednesday, and then the following Saturday, uh, we have a home game against Austin Bold up in Austin. So uh, we get Austin twice. Uh, we get the, uh, you know, two Wednesday night games uh, at home, uh, which is kind of odd. Uh, thoughts on that, uh, Rafa? Um, I, I just don't know why we're playing Wednesday night. I, I just don't get it. I wish I wish you guys would explain that. You know, unless unless it has to do with the uh, the minor league baseball team schedules. This well, the know. two on Wednesday, I the twenty first and twenty eighth, are here at Toyota Field, so it's no baseball related. I think what honestly, I think what it has to do with is that there are more games than weeks this yes. upcoming season because they're having to compress it. And I think that's the issue. Um, I, I, real quick, not to cut you off, Rafa, I'll let you, I'll let you mm -hmm. jump on it. I have two points to make in July. Number one, there is a two-week gap between the 3rd and the 17th to the Austin. Yep. And that's either going to be a friendly game or that's just going to be, hey, we get two weeks off, let's recover. We'll see what happens there. And number two, uh, road trip to Austin for my birthday on the 31st. Let's yeah. go. Down, well, down. So road trip and overnight stay or road trip and come I, back? I don't know if I could pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> overnight, we can say overnight there in Buda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, in August, uh, we got El Paso on a Wednesday, home against RG or away against RGV that Saturday. Um, the first away trip out of conference to Red Bulls 2, home against uh, Real Monarchs and home against El Paso. So um, I know the Red Bull Red Bulls tool, uh, two kind of stand out as far as two teams that are historically one of the better teams um, for that here. And, you know, as far as for an away game, if you wanted to make a trip for to New York for the weekend, Probably would wouldn't be a bad idea. Not a terrible idea, and the return of Chris Lima to uh, to Red Bulls too. That's cool. Who wants to take this one? Uh, well, I mean, I'll take this one. Right. Viral, yeah, Rafa. Yeah. That's all you. All you. Yeah, I can. I guess take this one. This will probably be one of the toughest months because look at the. I mean, but it's a good test to see. I mean, Red Bulls who's been uh, one of the one of the premier teams for USL in the Eastern Conference. So this is a great test. If we can pull out a win, it's going to be a great confidence booster for the team and say, hey, well, we can handle anybody in, coming out from the East. So, 
Um, it's another Wednesday game at El Paso, which we can head over there. Um, another road trip to the Valley uh, on that weekend. And like I said, then we're back back with Salt Lake and then another, another game with El Paso. That's three away games in one week. Bold, Locomotive, near Red Bulls 2. Do you consider the Bold really an away game? Because it's really not. They dress in their locker room here. They take the bus up to their, you know, and a couple hours early, and that you know they sit in the locker room. So to, it's not like going to RGV where you know it's a four and a half hour bus ride back. It's what an hour bus ride. I so, mean, to, to be fair, I mean El Paso is an hour flight. So, well, not an hour. Maybe they stay overnight. Uh, yeah, they stay overnight. They won't be staying overnight. Point taken. Point taken. But still, I mean, that's a that's a lot of away games in yes. one a week. In a week, that's the thing. It's a lot of yes. travel and a lot of in a week, and then the next week you're flying out to New York. It's just, I mean, you start you start in Austin, and then you go to El Paso, and then you go to the Valley, the uh, Triangle of uh, the Marfa Lights. Um, but I, I I think that's rough in one week to do. That'll be depending on how they what their record is. I think right there on August seventh. That's kind of how we know with what the season, what this team has. Um, that that's kind of the midway point of the season. That's also kind of a once again a murderer's row, a, a really bad stretch. That's kind of where on August seventh you're going to know what this team is going to be capable. So September, uh, we get the Riverhounds here, who I'm excited to see. That's cool. Uh, you get at the Bold on a Tuesday. Uh, you get uh, at Salt Lake, at Sacramento uh, again there, and then home against New Mexico United. Uh, you know, for they're here, uh, so you know, for September five. You know, it seems like you know you're seeing very consistently five games in a month uh, for that here. So to me, this this one, you know, I think is is the big road trip where you got Austin on that Tuesday. You know, after a short week of playing a tough Lily Ball Pittsburgh Riverhounds, um, and then you got to fly out to Salt Lake, and then you get a you know, I'm wondering if they'll stay out there. They'll probably fly back because it's you know another Saturday, a game against Sac Republic, which which will be uh, one of the top teams in the Pacific uh, for that here before they face uh, New Mexico. So, thoughts on this one here, Rafa? I know you're excited about seeing the out of division, so you get Pittsburgh. Um, and Sacramento, which is out of our out of the uh, mountain dip, uh, mountain conference. Yeah, that that's a good good some good test right there. Like I said, with with back to back with Sacramento and New Mexico, but I'm looking forward to seeing Pittsburgh. Like I said, another team that normally we won't get to play. So that that should be a fun another road trip to Austin. Uh, but even I think that's what a Tuesday night. Well, Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday, well, I might have to schedule a, a, a campus visit over there. In the <laughs> Pittsburgh's always campus. one of the – recently, Pittsburgh's been one of the best teams in the yes. East. That's going to be a very, very tough – They have lost a lot of talent this year, but, you know, the coach that they have always seems to yeah. magically – you know, he's, he's got a system. Yeah, former coach he, from Rochester, and when they were good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know his name starts with an L, but it is just Lily Bob Lily, Lily. Bob Lily. Thank you, Bob Lily Ball. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's gonna be just it. like the, Cow I'm the Cowboys. Bob Lily. 
So then it comes to October, and I think you just got to say, wow. Good Lord. Seven matches. Good Lord. The only good thing is the last out of the last five, four of them are at home. Um, they go to Oklahoma City, which I hate to say this, have been trash in the preseason. And, but, you know, like I said, we'll see, you know, preseason's preseason. And we always have a tough time in the season at Taft. with OKC at Taft. We never. It's a Sunday night game at the high schools at the high school field. Then they go to El Paso, home against Memphis, which, you know, uh, they're just now putting together a team. They're on the RGV schedule. They still don't have a coach, although they had an interim coach last year, but they haven't got around to officially naming him. Tim Howard just, should just coach. Tim Howard <laughs> probably volunteer. He's too busy with NBC. Uh, Tulsa, who we saw last year, is a, a much improved Tulsa team, uh, and they've only gotten better. Away at New Mexico, and then home against the Bold, and home against the Switchbacks. Uh, was it two years ago we finished home against the Switchbacks? All we needed was, and yeah. So we open with the switchbacks. We end with the switchbacks. But October, seven seven matches in October. So we'll start with you, Rafa. You know, since your coach, conditioning, depth, all of that's going to come into play. The only good thing is, is, is historically in October, it's not a hundred degrees. That's the only bright spot that I can see playing this many matches in 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 you know with with October. Unless we have an El Nino or something <laughs> to keep the the temperatures up, but that 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 skin that last those seven games are favorable minus I guess the away game at El Paso and, and New Mexico. That New Mexico game could be the one for the for our for our division champ. I don't like New for the division. I don't think New Mexico is going to be in it, and the reason why they're out of conference, they get Charleston Battery. Loudon, Oakland Roots, and Hartford. Those are at home. But Charleston Valley is a solid team. The Roots, I think, are going to be a solid team. And Hartford won the East last year over the Riverhounds. Away, we, you know, just comparing their out of conference to ours away, they go to Tacoma, which, you know, probably a gimme, but, you know, depending, okay. you know, yeah. depending on if MLS we, wants we've to. We've also bring lost, we, we have lost no. going so, but the last three are the key: at Phoenix Rising, at Louisville, at San Diego. So they're way out of conference. Damn, is a damn compared to our out of conference uh, for I, here, and it's not even close. I thought I thought playing Riverhounds was going to be rough. Oh my goodness, that that could make the difference. That's gonna I make a huge difference. Yeah. How many how many games do they play in October though? I don't know how many they're playing in October, but yeah. I, what? That's where, the, to I me. Think, the, I don't think they'd be favored at Phoenix. They won't be favored at Louisville, and they won't be favored at San Diego. Nope. That's crazy, man. Good lord, man. So I, 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 I guess, think, I guess them. And then getting get that handball advantage in the playoffs is really coming back to bite them in the butt with the scheduling. Huh? I, I see them maybe getting a draw at San Diego, but a loss at Louisville and a loss at Phoenix. I think that's a guarantee there. And El Paso is the other one that I think is probably a contender with us. 
they get Indy 11 uh, at home, Vegas, OKC, Sacramento. So they kind of, you know, get some of the same teams we do. Sporting Kansas City, Orange County, Tulsa, and Las Dos. So I think their away schedule, you know, their, their away schedule, their out-of-conference schedule is probably very similar, uh, you know, to, to ours, uh, you know, for that here. But to me, when I looked at New Mexico's, and the home games aren't easy, but the away games are a bitch. Yeah. You know, that's, there, there's no way. They're, New Mexico and Phoenix hate region, each other. But they're at least staying in the same region, but still, I mean, that's that is that's rough, man. That really is rough. I mean, but, I did see one that had Miami going to, to RGV. Yes. Really, <laughs> Forbes coming back to Texas. How no, about RGV, to Texas? Go, RGV goes to uh, uh, to – so Austin has Charlotte Independence, uh, who thankfully will have – well, they're up for sale. Uh, Dan yeah. goes out. Yep. Uh, Tacoma comes here or comes to Austin. Miami, Billy Forbes comes back to uh, Austin Bold. Uh, Energy, and then they go to Pittsburgh, which is not easy. They go to Birmingham, which is not easy. They go to Oakland Roots, which, uh, you know, we got to see what they are. They're a you know, new team. Yeah. Yeah. And they go to Tol uh, Tulsa. So their aways are, are tough. RGVs, they get San Diego at home, Tulsa at home, Loudoun, Atlanta too. Away at Miami, away at OC, away at Rising, and away at at, at uh, Oklahoma City. So too. When I looked at compared to our outer conference compared to to the rest of the divisions, yeah, I don't feel that bad about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh hey, yeah, we'll, we'll take Pittsburgh and Birmingham. It's it's not so bad, but jeez, yikes. I think the one true test from the West out of conference is, is just Sacramento. That's that's yeah. basically it. And we've won at Sacramento a couple of times, even though there are always close games. Yeah, really close games, and it comes down to some fluky play, typically. or some bad refereeing. It's uh, mm -hmm. fluky plays. I mean, that all that's all encompassed in the USL fluky. Well, I guess I, I was just hoping that we play maybe like. Yeah, I was hoping to play maybe uh, San Diego or, or Oakland since we haven't played, the, you know, but hopefully maybe next year where everything comes back to normal. But I, I think we, 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 we lucked out as far as some of the, the tougher oh, teams. But to answer your question, New Mexico in October um, at Louisville City on the 3rd, home against Hartford on the 6th, home against RGV on the 9th, at San Diego Loyal on the 17th, um, which is right before us coming in on the 20th. Then they go 23rd, you know, to RGV, and then home against uh, uh, um, Real Monarch. So they got seven games in, in October as well. Man, uh, that I mean that at this rate, we need a lot of uh, midseason signings to just take care of October. That's that's a crazy stretch. I see some academy. I mean, it depends. Like I said, it depends on where we're at. Depends on the standings, how close the race is. Man, that seven games in October is rough. That's super rough. But well, we'll see how it goes, man. That, maybe, maybe we'll get Pirano on loan if he doesn't play over there in Portugal. <laughs> Would it be the worst? I mean, they'll be out of season, so maybe he comes back mid-season. We'll see. I mean. 
everybody must have because even El Paso is very October heavy. Uh, October second against Colorado Springs is the Wednesday. The sixth against San Antonio. The ninth at Tulsa, home against uh, Colorado Springs, at Las Dos, home against the Bold, home against the uh, OK Energy, and away at um, El Paso. So the schedule seems uh, for October seems to be very backloaded. So yeah, that's a lot of games, that was kind of a simple. That was not that too terrible of the schedule for sure. But to me, like so you're looking at that. You know, I think El Paso and New Mexico you know, I think are, are the two two tough teams because I think Memphis, you know, I don't think will be that tough. We'll see, uh, but not lining up to be. But, and then, uh, you know, it's going to depend who's still playing and who's not playing. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what Colorado, what team they field because they could be a lot better or they could be a lot worse. Uh, they, they had a lot of roster turnover, so. And I think playing four out of the last five at home, is a huge advantage, uh, you know, to, bad. especially if you're needing points. Not bad. Yeah. Not, so, not, not bad. But the key you got, you know, you know, you know, our good friends, start Kyle Minky about, Hey, don't worry about the start this year. Having four at five at home, you better be putting up some pegs on the board in my opinion. Yeah. Well, that start, we should be at least, those are five winnable games there. And then when, and then also with, uh, Maybe a, a tie at Colorado, maybe a win at, you know, we could go in at 6-1 before we go into the New Mexico game. By the way, why did you have to sideswipe my guy, Kyle? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to I want to reach out to him and Aaron and, and have them on as kind of an old pitch black reunion, uh, you know, one, one of these shows here because, uh, like I said here, they, they were they were awesome uh, back in the day, especially when SAFC was getting started out and then, uh, with with Larry as well, uh, you know, pop it on with uh, I forget the name of uh, the name of the shows that they had after that. So, but we've gone along a little bit over an hour. I know uh, Rafa's got a uh, some work to get to do get to here. So, final thoughts. We'll start with you, Rafa. Final thoughts. Like I said, going uh, big. Like I said, uh, if you have nothing to do on on Good Friday. Coma Lander Stadium, 6 p.m. Uh, probably the biggest game of the year for that we've had in a while for high school soccer, Lee versus Clemens. Uh, I think whoever wins that game is probably going to win the end up winning the region. So it's going to be an instant classic. And then um, also final thoughts. Um, sh- shout out to North North Macedonia for knocking off Germany. <laughs> Dude, how did that? How did that? What, Timo, uh, Timo Werner. Yeah, how is he <laughs> Timo Werner has been. Does, that's does Chelsea has goal. him right? Yeah, he's with Chelsea. Chelsea. That's, been, that's been his mo. Is he'll he'll miss a he'll miss a sitter on you, but he'll do a lot of work. He runs hard, but he will miss a sitter on you. And Yugi Louv, I mean. Had a wonderful 2014 World Cup, but dude, that dude stayed. I know he's stepping down. What after the Euros? Does it? Does yeah. he get fired after this? He, he needs a big reason. He needs to go now, is because the players that won the World Cup in 2014, for no reason, they're still playing. They're still at the top of their game. I.e., Thomas Mula. 
He doesn't want to play them, and those are still your best players. He's trying to. I, I don't, he's he's overthinking the simplest thing in the world. Oh yeah, Thomas Mueller just being be in the midfield and be good. Like how easy is that? Kimmich, Kimmich and Mueller are always in the midfield together. They're fantastic together, and you're and you're not gonna stupid. It's dumb. I don't know what's wrong with them. You need to get him out of there. Scott, that's right. I need to make sure I bug Scott a little bit this evening. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's awful. I I'm half German. I support the German team, but it's been it's been rough, but. It, it's been pretty obvious why it's rough is because you're not playing your best players and you're playing in weird formations that do not suit you at all. And you're trying to depend on guys like Leroy Sané that haven't been informed since he got hurt like two years ago. That ain't it, bro. That ain't it. And, sh- and also shout out to to the Mexico U23s for winning the nope. CAF and going to the Olympics. So shout out to I them. No idea what you're talking about. That's weird. Yeah, what was this? I don't remember so, anything. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Some some some, te- some, some tournament local that team happened south of the RGV. Team Anything that happened yeah. south of the RGV probably doesn't matter. Uh, uh, I think some local team couldn't get into the Olympics this year. So, oh, we didn't try, right? That's I thought the never... U.S. soccer is going. I mean, we this. took a couple of kids and we took an MLS rejected coach. Uh, yeah. I don't think we were really here that much, to be fair. <laughs> All of our U twenty threes. Uh, beat the crap out of Jamaica and Northern Ireland. So I think we're doing all right. We're doing all right. So my final thought, like I said here, uh, you know, it has to do with, um, you know, just just continue to be safe. Uh, we're starting to come out of it. I know the CDC is saying, hey, you know, we could possibly be heading for another spike. So please wear a mask. Please wash your hands. Even if you get the vaccination, I know the mask, you know, by now you should be comfortable with the mask. It's been a year, uh, you know, for the hair. It's not necessarily just for you. It's for everybody else. Yep. Um, if you can get vaccinated, please do so. You know, let's, you know, let's it's open try. to all adults and Pfizer very soon is going to be open to 12 and above right now. Pfizer's open to 16 and older. They have come out with a study that shows that it is good for 12 and older, and that will be happening very soon. So. And the state came out with a website that you can register because, like, I've been trying to register on the, the site here in San Antonio. Couldn't do it, but through the state, you can go through register through there. And then if there's an opening, they'll send you uh, a text message or email. So, which is what we did today here is, is getting set up on that. So, but just be safe, be smart. You know, don't, you know, we're not, you know, we're getting out of the woods, but we're not, you know, all the way out yet. So, uh, let's not fumble it at the goal line and, and you know get you know get no. a penalty at the end. No. So yeah, don't miss the don't miss the team of Werner Sitter. No. Jesus Christ. Uh, well that was almost as bad as, as the uh the US kid that, you know all he had to do is hit it in with his what his left foot and he tried to knock it in with his right foot and just shanked it all together. So that Jonathan just Lewis. Yeah. All he had to do was just if he would have went with the, if he would have went with the foot that it was two. They were they were set up. I mean, they were to be fair. They were set up poorly. Had a specific instruction. Well, I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming Ochoa for you know for his you know you know for you know for the air that you know the air that he did that allowed the second goal. It was just unlucky. It, you know, you it know. what 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 it was was that the players were not set up properly and the coach threw the players under the bus because the. Exit interview, the coach said two things that bothered me, uh, Jason Christ. He said, number one, 
in this business, you lose more than you win. No, dude, that's what you say when you lose. And you're that's all, That's what you say. And number and two, how, and how did it, uh, these players? I don't. I don't get it. That they're you know they had they weren't paying attention. They had passes go under their feet. They just had a poor performance. It's like no, dude, you set them up poorly. You set them up trying to attack on the wings, and you had Honduras who was strong in the middle. And when you went up on the wings, you didn't have anybody to cross it to because your one forward is four nine or five nine, Jesus Ferreira, and he's helping out a lot in the midfield. So you had no one to cross it to. Why are you trying to cross it if you don't have anybody up there? What what to quote the great Taylor Twelman, what are we doing? Yeah. Who paid his who paid for his A license? That's what I want to know. And how did he pass it as well? I I I, I don't know. I, I think Jason Christ is what everybody was afraid that Burhalter was, but Burhalter at least has something going for him. So, uh, but the, the senior sure team looked good him. against Northern Ireland. That's 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 all I know. And uh, I think uh, how'd Mexico senior team do against Wales? Uh, just one zero loss, a biggie. Oh, what was that? Oh, you took the L. What was one that? Zero, one zero loss. loss. Wow. That was a loss. To a team but that, that was, uh, the, United, wow. the, the senior team tied. Oh. Wow. Oh, but we did beat Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> beat Costa Rica, which U.S. always has trouble with. Um, I know, but Tata Martino, I can say hit with him. He's not really concerned with with what he's acting looking for is like what he's go- as far as what he's going to set up for the Gold Cup. I think that's – and that was barely his second loss as a coach, so for for the Mexican national team. And then the one thing, the big factor, uh, which which I did see missing, is Ro Jimenez. Hopefully, he'll be back from a head injury. I, I hope he comes back. That was, I mean, yeah, that guy, that guy's just a beast. That's the goalie, that right? The goalie. No, our no, forward. Jimenez is the forward. He's a he's a That's striker, and he plays for Wolverhampton. Yeah, just, and he got kicked mm-hmm. in the face. And oh, he, hello, he's cheap shot by David Luce, Luce, yeah. Luce, or whatever. Yeah. By so Bob. Yeah, Sideshow Bob. Yeah, Davi, Davi Luis, right? Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. I, concussions are not a joke. Um, and yeah, I, I hope he comes. That's one of those things that sometimes you just can't shake it. But I, I really hope yeah. he does. Because, I mean, that kid's very talented and he's he's exciting to watch for sure. And that would that would be a shame if, uh, if he's still hurt. All right, well, we're out of here. Uh, what's life without goals? Like I said, this is the second show for the week here. Do appreciate Rafa and all your time. Uh, next week, I think you and I got double duty again. Uh, Monday, we'll come back to more of the SAFC side, maybe a little bit of uh, the high school, you know, because I think there's one more round this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of touch base on that. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go heavy uh, with the state playoffs uh, final as they wrap up next week uh, for that here. Uh, with uh, Coach uh, Hector Cano and uh, the guys from Le- uh, uh, Le- uh, Lethal Lethal Enforcer. Lethal Enforcer. Yeah. Lethal Enforcer. A, a, a little thank you. Yeah. And a thank <laughs> you to Coach Cano for having me on his 50-50 podcast this past weekend. I think I might be a on Yeah, I think it already came out. I think I, we were going to do another one possibly Saturday to do a little follow-up on what happened for this this coming week and then talk about Little preview of what's going to go on with the following week. And thank you to Jesus. Or pardon me, thank you to Jesus uh, Armordez and Aaron Reed uh, for messages as well as with Coach uh, Cano uh, as well. But what's life without goals? And hope everybody has a great rest of the week. <laughs>